We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Greg Olson, inviting you to check out my new Blue Wire podcast, TE1, where I interview tight ends throughout the history of the NFL who have helped revolutionize the position. TE1 is presented by the Chevy Silverado. The Silverado is all about grit. It's strong and dependable, exactly like playing tight end. Just like the incredible players we sit down with on the podcast, the Chevy Silverado is in a league of its own. Strong, advanced, and dependable. Download TE1 today wherever you listen to podcasts. Blue Lion. New England standing QB Jimmy Garoppolo to 49ers. We believe we found the right guy. Garoppolo, quick pass, caught by Kittle. He dives, and he's in. Touchdown, 49ers. Kittle, he's going to go. Touchdown. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Striking Gold, your 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Network. This week's episode is sponsored by DoorDash and Bet Online. My name is Rob Lauder. I cover the 49ers for the Blue Wire Network. And joining me tonight is my co-host, a man with something to say, former NFL defensive back, Eric. Eric, Eric, Eric. Crocker, Crocker, Crocker. What's up, dude? How you doing, man? Yeah, you know what? Robert Newton Lauder the fifth. I'm gonna let you know how I'm feeling right now. All right, I'm gonna let you know how I'm doing. <laughs> nah, but um, <clears throat> on a serious note, I, I did come on here to rant just a little bit, y'all. You know, we 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 heard Rob how upset he was a few weeks ago at certain things, and 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 you know we we have this platform and and, and Rob let it out, and now it's time for me to just let it out. So bear with me for a couple minutes here, y'all. All right, I want to start by saying. 
The season is not fucking over. <laughs> All right? <laughs> it's not over. The 49ers are 2-2. Two and two. I get it. Injuries, different things that they have to try to overcome. I understand. But one thing I've noticed, and I don't even know why, but I think the 49ers fan base is kind of spoiled. And I think last year kind of spoiled them. And they kind of lost, like, and, and we kind of, we, 49er fans, get in, like, this bubble. Like, the 49ers are the only team that, like, goes through anything. You know what I'm saying? There mm-hmm. are several teams around the league that are going, that have to battle through adversity. Typically, on his way to the Super Bowl, it's not pretty. It's not always pretty. 49ers last year had kind of, I don't want to call it a cakewalk, but they had a lot of things go their way, and they finished the season 13-3. and They played tremendous all year. They were the best team all year, but guess what? They lost in the Super Bowl. Who they lose to? The Kansas City Chiefs. Okay, let's talk about the Kansas City Chiefs for a minute. Last year, people don't remember this because, you know, we focus on the 49ers. The Kansas City Chiefs started the season 6-4. and 6-4. and four. It's not it's not so much about how you start. Yes, you have to kind of get over that hump. And once you get over that hump, like you you have to figure it out. And then you play you want to play your best football towards the end of the season. Now, 49ers started out hot last year and they still were playing, you know, lost weird games or whatever, but they were playing really good football against some good competition late in the year. They were playing some really good football and then that continued on to the playoffs. Had the big game against Seattle, got the monkey off their back. Um this year, they've had to deal with adversity. But I'm going to tell you what the only difference is between the start this year and the start last year, right? And people, see, you know, I think about these things, and then it's like it kind of gets in my mind or whatever, and I just start, like, you know, nitpicking or whatever. But anyways, 49ers had a game last year against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It was not pretty. It was not a pretty game. Jimmy Garoppolo didn't play very well. They were pitch six. Defense looked good, just like they look now, right? Defense looked good. But the 49ers were just able to make a couple plays to overcome really what was a bad outing. They were not a strong team at that moment, right? But 49ers got the win, so people kind of dusted it off. And then obviously they handled the the Bengals, right? Just like this year, 49ers dusted it off, and they handled the, the Jets. And then... 49ers handled um, the Giants this year. Well, if you guys remember, and kind of like last year, the the, the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers game, the 49ers did not play good football against the Pittsburgh Steelers. They did not play good football. They did not play good football against the Steelers. They did everything in their power to lose that game. They turned the ball over four times in the first half. Now, the difference between a game like that and a game like uh, against uh, the Philadelphia Eagles is, well, Jimmy Garoppolo, albeit I thought he played very well that game. Um, They had some weird things kind of, you know, happen. And at the end of the game, he was able to make a throw to win the game. Well, guess what? Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't out there uh, Sunday. It was fucking Nick Mullins, your backup quarterback, who played well in the previous game, but He's a backup quarterback, right? Typically, Nick Mullins isn't going to come through in the clutch and make all the throws that you need when the game is on the line. He's not that guy. That's why he's a backup and went undrafted, all right? So I say all that to say, everybody, 
in the wise words of Aaron Rodgers, R-E-L-A-X, relax. There's a <laughs> lot of football left to go. Yes, I get it, injuries, little things, but people are panicking, and I'm seeing all this panic. And it's just like, guys, let's chill out for a second. This team, they're just getting started. They've had rough starts before. They had a rough start last year. They had a rough start. It was masked by some wins, but they weren't playing good football, just like right now. They have up-and-down moments this year. They had up-and-down moments last year. Two losses, I'm telling you, remember, seven teams make the uh, playoffs this year. Seven teams. Seven teams. If 49ers lost those two games that I told you they, they didn't start off good and they start off 0-3, they still win 11 games last year. You know what I'm saying? Like, the season is not over. Yes, you want to see them uh, start to play better, and I believe that they will. You have a hell of a head coach in Kyle Shanahan. You have a hell of a defensive coordinator in uh, Robert Sala, and they will get these guys going. They'll get it clicking. I never expected it to click early. I tweeted it out by midseason. I said, week eight. You guys will see the 49ers starting to hit on all cylinders. They're not there yet. And they've had some injuries that kind of thrown things off. The season is not over. So I was going to talk for two minutes. It's been about four minutes. But I hope you guys, hope that gave you guys some kind of like, you know, a little calm, a little relaxed. Don't worry. We look so much into every little thing and react to every little thing and everybody panics. 49ers are fine. They're fine. They're not, they're not in a bad situation yet. They're not a bad team. Defense is actually playing really good. I saw their numbers like top five in the most categories. Like, it's not a bad team. 49ers will be fine. They will be fine. And the offense will really start clicking, and you'll see them start to utilize their receivers more. You got to start seeing all this, just like we saw. We saw it last year. The 49ers will be fine. And I'll leave it at that because I'm pretty sure there's a lot of questions we have to ask. You can respond if you like, but that's just – I just see so much panic across Twitter, and it's just like, guys, it's just two games. Relax. They played four games. It's a quarter of the season down. That's it. A lot of football left. Well, and the only – I mean, that was that was super well said. I got like, – there's zero, zero chance I could follow that up with any kind of a comparable rant of my own. But the only thing I would say is if you need any context – on how hard it is to win in the NFL with a backup quarterback, just go tune in to the Patriots-New England game from last week. You have one of arguably the greatest head coaches of all time getting blown out and losing a game in, in pretty horrible fashion because he had a backup quarterback in the game. And up until that point, the Patriots had looked pretty damn impressive. And you could even tell in that game that the defense had things kind of figured out. Like, they were holding the Chiefs down for quite a while. But everybody knew, even the announcers, that you can't sustain that against a team like the Chiefs. The problem was they were they had two backup quarterbacks in the game, and not even Bill Belichick and all his knowledge could propel that offense to success against a pretty decent Chiefs defense. So if you're wondering kind of, if or, you know, I guess a better way to say this is if you're panicking, just know that 95% of the teams in this league will not win games with their backup quarterbacks. That's why starting quarterbacks 
get paid so much money and backup quarterbacks don't. And if the backup quarterbacks are that good, they're not going to be the backups for very long. They're either going to start for that team or they're going to find another team. You know, so it's it's just I'm right there with Crocker in the fact that there's a lot to be that that still needs to happen before you can really judge this team on on what they are or you you know before you can you can you can crown them or whatever you want to do with them you know you, there's still some time before you can do that especially i mean yeah i'm not i'm not going to go yeah. i'm not going to add well, not i'm not going to yeah we'll answer cuz we'll probably some of the things that we want to talk about we'll probably answer within these questions so. right yeah. So yeah, if if you if you didn't already know, today's our mailbag episode. We put me and Crocker put out our tweets earlier today asking for questions. Uh, looks like we got plenty of questions, so we're gonna get into those. Uh, before we do that, we're gonna get a quick uh, we'll get a quick recap of kind of like the news here, uh, the most recent updates from Kyle Shanahan. Nothing too, you know, groundbreaking. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is back at practice, which I guess you could say for this team is groundbreaking. But he is back at practice. He is limited. Um, the team did release some footage of him of him throwing a little bit. He looked fine, but it was just very, very basic warm-up practice throws. So he's not moving around. He's not getting rushed or anything like that. Kyle Shanahan said um, his status for Sunday against the Dolphins was still very much up in the air. It would just depend on how his week of practice went. Um, he, he was also asked if Jimmy Garoppolo can't start. Um who is going to start, and Kyle Shanahan said he has made a decision between Nick Mullins and C.J. Beathard, but given that they have different skill sets, he's not going to tell us who it's going to be so that that the Dolphins' defense doesn't get a leg up in preparing for either or. Um, Nick Bosa and Solomon Thomas have both had their ACL surgeries and both were successful, which is good. Uh, the 49ers hope the cornerback Richard Sherman will be back next week, and the hope is that he can play against the Rams next week. So we'll see. I mean, that's you know that's a big get right there. Um, as far as just the overall practice report, uh, let me see it right here. I got it right here. You have not taking part in practice. Uh, Dante Johnson, who injured his groin against the Eagles, but gutted it out anyways, considering because he knew how injured the 49ers were at that position. Um, he didn't practice. Emmanuel Mosley, who's still dealing with his concussion, didn't practice. And Jimmy Ward had some problems with his wrist. Apparently it was sore and the soreness wasn't going away. So they, uh, they let him sit the day out. Um, you had quite a few people return to practice. Jimmy Garoppolo, Dre Greenlaw, and Raheem Mostert all returned to practice, albeit in a limited fashion. Dante Pettis, Trent Taylor, and Akella Witherspoon were also limited. And then, uh, they also, uh, you know, gave the official word that Ziggy Ansah and Kwan Williams are headed on injured reserve. Uh, Kwan Williams for for lesser time because he's got a knee sprain. But um, so that's that's it. I mean, they made a couple roster moves. They signed a couple defensive linemen to the practice squad. Um, uh, Tim Harris was on practice. And I, I don't think we talked about that. Oh no, you're right. You're right. No, that was yesterday, and we haven't we didn't pod yesterday. So yes, yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. The 49ers did release. Mohamed Sanu, who they signed as a free agent just a couple weeks ago, and he didn't really do a lot for the team. I think he only had a couple catches. Um, but to me, that was still kind of surprising. But, I mean, they're kind of getting a little healthier at that spot now. I don't know. What was your first reaction there, Croc? Um, I mean, I saw most people's reaction on, like, why him and not, you know, someone like Pettis or Trent Taylor 
um, and kind of use that veteran uh, experience with Sanu. And I agree, but we've talked about it before. There's just a lot of politics in football. And, you know, for whatever reason, like, you know, this guy, uh, Dante Pettis, he's, you know, it's like a cat, man. He has nine lives. No pun intended. So, yeah, you know, it's just I I would have released somebody else, but I get it. Because, you know, at the end of the day, too, Sanu might, might very well say if somebody goes down this week, he could be available next week still, you know? Like, I don't know if someone is going to be rushing to sign Muhammad Sanu. They didn't rush to sign him when he was released from the Patriots. So that could be the thought process as well, where it's just like, hey, we think he'll just be available. And that is somebody you can release. Whereas if you did cut somebody like Dante Pettis, he'd be picked up right away, most likely. So that's kind of my thought process on it. Right, Brandon, I you tweeted right off the bat after the news. He didn't, he didn't, you know, include any inf- other information in his tweet. But all he tweeted was like in all caps, like, like what, why? Like that's all he put in there. Um, so I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. The 49ers are are having to bring in a lot of people. Uh, to make up for rosters at all sorts of positions. So if they feel like they have somebody um, that might be in the slightest way excess at a position like they may consider Muhammad Sanu to be, you know, the 49ers are just fine rolling out Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, and Kendrick Bourne. They don't feel like they need Muhammad Sanu. And if they know things are going to get tight at another position when with bringing guys in, then, you know, that's kind of how it just works. And like Croc said, there is politics involved. They're not ready to get rid of their their second round pick that they traded up for, no matter how little action you know he's getting and how little of an impact he's having. They still aren't ready for those kind of optics just yet. Um, that's just kind of how it works. It's not always fair, but it is what it is. And um, so yeah, let me see. I don't really think there was that much more to talk about in terms. Um, Tim Harris, who the 49ers drafted in the second seventh round uh, two years ago. Um, he, cornerback, uh, he was on practice squad IR. He has now been prom- just restored back to the regular practice squad. And it wouldn't surprise me if he was promoted to the active roster against the Dolphins just to kind of shore up that position. You have so many guys who are hurt. Richard Sherman's still out. Um, Emmanuel Mosley is still out with that concussion. Akella Witherspoon is limited. Kwan Williams is out. So, I mean, they might they might need need some uh, need some help there. So, so we'll see. But, um trying to just make sure there's nothing else I'm missing here, but I think we got it. Obviously another big news thing was there's, you know, the, the, the COVID kind of impacting the NFL is starting to ramp up a little bit. The Titans have had quite a bit of cases. I think they've had 11. Um, the Patriots actually, you know, have, have got some now. Stefan Gilmore, their, their starting star cornerback, uh, apparently tested positive like the day after the game. And uh, if you don't know anything about COVID, you know, there's kind of like an incubation period where technically you can have it, um, but you won't really manifest the symptoms and you, and apparently you won't test positive for it because it's kind of, you know, you have it, but it hasn't started to do its thing yet. And so, you know, you technically these, these players could test negative all the way up until the day of the game and then, but they could have it. And then, you know, then right after the game test positive. So it's a, it's a precarious situation, you know, somebody from the Chiefs, had it. Somebody from the Raiders has it now. So, but I mean, that's just going to be the normal for now. It, I'm assuming it's kind of just going to run its course, and we'll see. You know how many big time players it, it impacts. But 
Um, you know, right now the, the two biggest things that have happened is the Titans and the Steelers game had to get moved to later in the season. Uh, the Steelers had to turn when they were the, the week they were this week when they were supposed to play the Titans, they turned it into a bye week. And, um, and the Patriots and the Chiefs games actually got delayed from, from Sunday to, to Monday. They ended up playing it Monday night just so they could figure out who, who was going to test positive and who wasn't. So, I mean, it's been a little wild, but we'll see. We'll see if it, if they can put a stop in it or, you know, or if it continues to do its thing. But let's, let's get into this mailbag. We got, we can get to a few questions before I have to get a word in from our sponsors. So let's, let's get into it. Let's get into this mailbag. Um, let me go find my my post on the Twitter so I can see your questions. Here we go. All right, all right. Let's start it off with the let's start it off with a good one because I know Jared was the first one to reply. This one's from Jared Brown at Jared Brown underscore. Um, a good friend of mine, a uh, friend of the pod, uh, used to write with me on Niners Wire. He came with me to training camp one time. He's an all around real great dude. Um, I need to pull something up real quick that's going to help us answer this because it has to do with players on the team that are injured. Although I might not need the list to to kind of list this out, but I wanted to uh, want to make sure I got it right. So Jared's question is: Okay, there's reserve injured. Got it. If you could bring one player back completely healthy. And it couldn't be Nick Bosa. Who would it be and why? What do you think, Crocker? And that's not including Jimmy Garoppolo or Jimmy Garoppolo too? Well, let's just let's just leave – well, obviously he, he would be an yeah. obvious answer. So let's, let's leave him off just because he's already kind of on his way. Yeah, D4. Yeah, I think I think that's the answer. It says in why, but I think the, the why is pretty obvious, right? Yeah. You know, I yeah, mean – just for, you know, his his biggest issue has been health. You know, it hasn't been ability. Uh, you know, most of the time he's on the field, and especially once he has his feet underneath him. I mean, he's he can he's an impact player. Like there there might be times where he's not you know playing extremely well or being as active as like maybe you know, uh, Nick Bosa, but he's he can flip the game in it in just a snap of a finger with how quick he comes off the edge and, you know, he can get to the quarterback. He did force some fumbles last year. So, yeah, I'd say definitely uh, D Ford. Okay, so since Eric Crocker took D Ford off the table, I'm going to go with um, – I'm going to go with Jalen Hurd. Not because I think that he will just immediately step in and have the biggest impact. If, you know, if you're looking at the list, Richard Sherman's about to come back. So I don't need to choose him. Uh, I, I looked at Jordan Reed, and I would love to give him just a clean bill of health, just do his damn team thing because he's looked great. But I'm going to go with Jalen Hurd because that's somebody who, as far as the regular season goes, we have never seen him play for the 49ers other than that one Cowboys game where he looked pretty great, and then he uh, he suffered a back injury that basically uh, ruined his, his rookie season. And then a, uh, a torn ACL crushed this season. So... I would like to bring him back. I want to see what he can do. I want to see what Kyle Shanahan wants to do with him. I'm assuming he'd use him as kind of like a move tight end and the way he was using Jordan Reed. But you're talking about a guy who's 6'5", 230 pounds, that has his most experience at any position as running back, and he just happens to be a pretty good receiver in addition to that. So I just would love to see what Kyle Shanahan would do with him and what he'd draw up and what type of plays Jalen Hurd would make um, just because we, we haven't got a chance to see it yet. 
Right. So that, that's that's my that's my answer on that one. I hope it right, was definitely. Yeah, I feel that. Was, all right. Um, we have let's are the older answers down here. Yeah. John Wittrado at Jay Wittrado. Do you think this game significantly? Do you think the game, the Eagles game, significantly hurt Nick Mullen's stock? I feel like it did. This should silence all the critics that this is Jimmy's team. What are your thoughts on Mullen's future with the team? Hmm. You want to take this one first, Cron? Well, yeah. Well, one, you kind of have to look at it like, you know, it's just one game. And, you know, as a backup quarterback, like, I don't expect him to come in and always look like he did against the uh, the uh, Giants. I kind of really expect more of what he looked like against the Jets, which was fine, but not, like, great. Uh, so for him to have an off game like last week, and some of them, I mean, his interceptions were just so bad, so bad. But, yeah, I, I don't think it – I think it does more so in the minds of especially fans, and I think, you know, with Kyle is just you can't mess up that badly because he's not good enough to overcome those type of mistakes. Uh, and it – kind of leaves the door open for a Beathard, which I've said, like, I think that Beathard is more talented. I think most people agree that he's more talented, but we've seen him play. But, I mean, people want to judge Beathard on him being a rookie quarterback, and he's going to make his mistakes. Like, okay, his first game is like, he's not going to be great, especially if the team around him isn't great, right? And he's going to have his ups and downs. Can he be a good backup? And I think he can be a solid backup. I think he gives you a little bit more than Nick Mullins. I think even when you watch him, like, throw the ball, like, the ball just came out a little better, um, you know, just things like that. Like, you can see why he probably was a third-round pick. And I, now, clearly, if you're a third-round pick, you would like them to be eventually a starter. He won't be that. But I could see how there could – they've been waiting. I think I think Kyle has been waiting for this moment that is like, yes, I can have my guy, C.J. Beathard, and I have <laughs> a reason – to put my guy in here. This is why I kept him on the roster for this very moment. And, uh, yeah, I, I think it has kind of hurt Nick a little bit because it's just his deficiencies just showed so greatly in, in, in that game. But I do – it's one game. It's just one bad game, and he is a backup. But, yeah, it did, it did leave the door open for C.J. Beathard. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I think it did hurt. I did think it did hurt Mullen's stock. Um, whatever he is a restricted free agent after this year, so the 49ers will get to choose what round tender they want. I think it's one through three. Each one of those rounds correlates with a slightly higher salary. The higher the pick, um, that's if the 49ers choose to tender him at all. We'll see. There's just a lot of decisions to make. Uh, the 49ers know him better than everybody. They know the person, the practice habits. Um, I think that they'll probably end up putting like a third round tender on him or something, which is if it's not a whole lot of money. We're talking about like 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 two to three million or something. Uh, it's not a lot, but you know things are going to be awfully awfully tight for the 49ers next year when it comes to the salary cap. So I I could see them, you know, kind of reconsidering that or you know. So we'll see. It it could get a little weird for Mullins in the off season. We'll we'll see. But I'm not really prepared to uh, kind of predict anything just yet. It's just so much that still has to happen. Um, Marvin Gibson at Gibson Future CPA. Are you still a Future CPA? Or are you are you one now? I, I would like to know, Marvin. Um, 
Is Jimmy G practicing in any capacity? That is the only question of importance. Uh, he is. He is. He's, if you go to my Twitter, I posted the little video that the team sent out to, to the reporters. Um, it's just some, some footage from practice and you can see Jimmy in there, uh, dropping back and throwing some passes. So he is practicing. He's limited, but, but we'll see. So it's just, just take it as a positive sign and he's even out there right now. We'll see if he plays in the game. Um, Boogie Jones at pause one, three, two, six. Question one, if McGlinchey doesn't improve his pass blocking, is it time to see what McKivitz has? Colton McKivitz, uh, what was he there? Fifth round, sixth round pick? Or was, what was, where was he at again? Uh, Man, I, talk, I talk, I talk about the 49ers too much. Fifth now. round. Yeah, fifth round, pick 153. Um, so I'll, I'll do that question first. I don't, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think, I mean, Mike McGlinchey's still relatively young. You know, he's obviously the type of player you want, you know, as far as his, his, his demeanor and his attitude. Um, he's obviously going through like a, a rough stretch right now. Uh, he hasn't been good. He hasn't been good. He's, he's, he's had some, some serious problems, but I mean, you just don't, you know, you don't really just cut bait with the guy that quick. Now, some of his, his pressures contributed greatly to the, how the game unfolded. They, they had an impact. So, it, you know, he's on their radar. He's on the shit list. He's, he's maybe like, you know, looking at the doghouse. He's not in it, but he's kind of like looking at it. Like, I mean, like, man, I really hope they don't send me over there. But I don't think it's time to put in, you know, a fifth round rookie over your number 10 or 11, 10 overall, 10, 10, uh, nine, you know, nine. nine. Yeah. Raiders had 10, mm-hmm. um, you know, your, your ninth overall pick offensive tackle who, you know, anyways, what do you think, Rod? Yeah, no, nah, ninth overall pick, they're going to give him time. Like, he – he, but if he strings together a couple of games like that where it just looks kind of ugly, and, you know, again, I haven't, like, studied him or watched him in full, but he got bullied a few enough times where it kind of jumped out to me. I would have to see how he looked over a full game. I know the previous year I, I looked at him early in the season and he was very bad and he improved as the year went on and was really good towards the end of the year. So I don't know if they just like, well, you know, he typically just starts slow and they'll kind of give him the benefit of that doubt. But yeah, no, nah, it, it definitely was ugly. But yeah, I don't think you, again, it's not time to panic yet. You know, you're just four games in and everybody's, there was no preseason. So there are some guys that are still trying to get their feet underneath themselves. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, question two, why why cut Sanu and not Pettis? I think it's time to move on from Pettis and say he's a bust. I'd rather see Poindexter. <laughs> Poindexter is the wide receiver on the practice squad. I don't think he I don't think he's on the practice squad this year though. Nah, he has been, least, I mean, did not bring yeah. him back to the practice squad. Right, right. So um so he's he's chilling. I mean you could you could substitute Poindexter for Jawan Jennings if you wanted to. He's still on the practice squad, a seventh rounder. Um, but you know, even if you were just trying to be funny, we kind of already talked about why, you know, why they cut Sanu and not Pettis. It, it really is kind of a political thing. And, and, and I think the 49ers think that even if they were all the way done with Pettis, I think they, they could get something for him in return in a trade. You know, they have encouraging rookie film that teams can look at, you know, Kyle Shanahan has a case for, you know, we just weren't a great fit personality wise and stuff like that. But I think, I really think he could have an impact on another team. And I think there's plenty of teams that would buy that because they've seen it. Um, 
and it's on film. You know, you even even this year you can see him getting open. So I think at the very least the 49ers feel like Pettis has some value as far as draft stock goes, even if that's like a late round pick. Um, and uh, and at the same time, he was a second round pick just not too long ago. They don't really just want to move on that fast, I'm sure. But you know, obviously we already kind of co- covered that one. Um, Ernesto El Guapo at Nesto underscore El Guapo. If Sherm come back, if Sherm, and this is definitely a Crocker question, if Sherm comes back healthy, how good can he and Brett be? Uh, the combination of those two be the would be the best way to alleviate the loss of Bosa. What do you think, man? I don't know about alleviate the loss of Bosa. There's not really any replacing Bosa, whether it's with some defensive backs or other, but um, I do think it's a nice tandem, at least from what I, I haven't studied Brett from this last game. So his first game was that he played was definitely impressive. I'll have to check back in and, and see how he looked against the Eagles. On, on, on Just from, you know, watching the TV copy was really good, but I have to see him actually, you know, all 22 to kind of have a better feel and be as confident with my answer. Right. And just, you know, just – the ceiling for Verrett is is through the roof. It's just you know he's always been held back by injuries, so we'll see. He's just got he's just got to take it one game and, and man in his state, every game that he gets through is a huge success in and of itself. And and the 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 better he plays, obviously it's still it's still important. But just him getting through games without getting hurt and or or and or getting embarrassed are are big things with him. So I mean, and he's looked good. So kind of just gotta wait and see on that one. Um, save us, Jimmy, at Phoenix in Texas. Should we start scouting offensive linemen for the draft? Uh, yes, absolutely. I think an offensive lineman in any position could easily be uh, one of the 49ers' top two picks this year. I, I'm still leaning kind of defensive back, but yes, absolutely. Croc. Yeah, well, they're definitely going to. You know, when you talk about scout, you know. You, yeah, you always do that. but Yeah, they're, they're, but if you're saying, like, as far as what we think the 49ers need to prioritize, yeah, I agree. You know, it has to be offensive line and cornerback, as you as you said. Yeah, I mean, that you, you never really want to draft for need, but when, you, when you're a team that, that has, their salary cap is the way the 49ers is now, you're kind of forced into that position because you need to hit on good players that have cheap salaries. So that's where the 49ers are now. So, yes, I definitely expect them to do some very, very intense um, scouting for the offensive line. All right, Nick Arlt, at Nicholas Arlt. Hopefully I'm saying your last name right. Um, given where we are at one quarter of the way into the season, what is your current floor, ceiling, and prediction for the team's final record? Oof, man, that's a good one. That's that's a hard hitter. Um Obviously, I think the floor is, I think the floor is probably. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access 
access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health care provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new health care regimen, including EE system.